Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I really want to encourage you, actually, if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode about uh, just classifying porn addiction and some of the the medical research that is out there regarding porn addiction, I highly encourage you, go back, give it a listen, especially if you've kind of always wondered, like, am I addicted or is there something else? Uh, I know for me when I struggled, I kind of always wondered that. And um, some of the information I shared in the episode yesterday was not available at the time. And, um, and I just kind of learned it over, over the years and I found it super helpful. And, um, and I think you'll find it very helpful as well if you're struggling and maybe considering getting some help as well. Um, I am super excited to talk about today's episode. Uh, it's, it's such a fascinating subject to me. And there's a lot of directions we can go in. And I'm, I'm going to go in two of them and, um, and then try to bring them together at the end. Um, so that's sort of my goal. But what we're talking about is picking quote unquote the right spouse, picking the right spouse. And um, this is a a really common subject. I I would just say, you know, especially for guys who are single, um, and I would say, especially with guys who are struggling with porn and really looking to get help, a lot of them are thinking about their future marriage, their, their future wife and wanting to get free before then. And I think that is one of the best things you can do for your marriage when you're not married yet. It's one of the best things you can do is get free of porn. Uh, become the kind of guy who is free of pornography, living a life of sexual integrity. And that is going to make you so much more effective in your marriage. And it's going to allow you to bring so much more to your relationship. Now, you know, if you're married already, or you're in a relationship, um, then look, it's all the more reason for you to pursue complete freedom. Uh, But today's episode really is to help those who are single, and those who are maybe uh, in a relationship and asking, you know, could I be with this person? Uh, how do I know if this is the right person for me? So uh, let's let's start. Let me let me dive right in. So like I said, I want to go in two directions today, and the first direction is the whole philosophy around the right spouse, quote unquote, the right spouse. So there's lots of camps on this. I mean, some people believe that you know God has handpicked handcrafted one individual for you on planet earth and you better hope that you meet that person one day um okay maybe not quite that dramatic but it's sort of that that thinking of like it's about finding the one the 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 soulmate the the right person who whom god has made me for and god has made them for me and i'm not against this thinking Uh, as you're going to find out i gravitate more towards uh i would say the opposing philosophy but um, I think some strengths of this philosophy are, number one, you will take uh, dating very seriously. Um, people who, who believe in this don't date as a, as a game. It's not, it's not just for fun. Uh, they're doing it because they want to find out, is this somebody I can spend the rest of my life with? Is this person the one? And I think there's a lot of strength to that sort of approach for dating. Now, you know, when you're in high school, uh, maybe early years of college, I know, like it, it, it's hard to really take that stuff as seriously. Um, but by the time you're starting your professional career, by the time you're leaving college, 
I do think you should be dating with that mindset and that alone. And um, it doesn't mean you have to be ultra serious about it as you're gonna find out. But it is to say that those who believe there is one person for them, just the one, and that's all they're looking for, I think there's some real strength to that. And one of that, one of those strengths is that you will take dating really seriously. I think the other strength, you know, is when you when you believe that there is the one, um, and and that God has specifically picked that one for you, you will probably be more likely to involve God in the process. Um, early on. So I, I think the people in my life who have kind of subscribed to this philosophy, they were very uh, involved with God from the beginning. Um, some of them, it meant they were fasting right off the bat, like, God, if this is the right person, I'm going to fast and get revelation. Uh, again, taking it really seriously and involving God in the process. And I think that's actually a really good thing. Now, on the, the flip side, I think one of the things that can become really dangerous with this approach is that you you begin uh, you begin to become very narrow minded, um, and uh, maybe another way I'll put it is you become very picky, and so people who who sort of go um, by this philosophy, it's like well they see one flaw, um, even just the tiniest of flaws, and it's like oh it's too bad they're not the right person because the person God has for me, you know has X Y Z, and I I think it can make people very um, probably just a little over selective. Um, a little bit too picky, and it hinders them from from meeting some really incredible people along the way. And I think the other downfall of this approach is it puts a lot of pressure on the relationship early on. And it's kind of like, okay, we need to know if this is the one, because if you're not the one, then I'm wasting time, and I'm going to end it. So it, it, it sort of robs you of that joy of just getting to know each other, going on dates together. The, the really fun early stages of relationship get lost when it's like, this is the one or it's not, and then that's basically it. So that, I think, is sort of the one, um, that's the one camp, the one philosophy. The other philosophy, of course, is more that you have some say in the matter, and there's lots of people you could get matched up with, and they would all bring different strengths and different weaknesses to the relationship, um, and you get to decide alongside God, you know, bringing God into that process, Together, you get to discover the people that are out there and, and make a decision, is this the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? Now, I am much more in favor of this philosophy, and it's really for one simple reason. It's that it, it, um, it provides no room for blame. No room for blame. In other words, full ownership. You guys know how big I am on taking responsibility, taking ownership of your stuff, and I think when when God has the one and you're just on this journey trying to find it, well, then actually, you know, if if your marriage ends up being problematic, you could blame God because God, God set this thing up. He picked this person for you and here they are causing you all this tension, all this stress. And is that God's fault or is it yours? Well, I mean, it's a little bit of both, but there's room for blame there. Um, when When anybody is is a viable option and you you have a say in the matter and you get to choose it allows you uh, again i would say to be quite selective uh, and to really make sure that you're owning that decision you're not just doing something because uh, it feels right and because um even because god said so uh, you're you're getting married because you really want to be with this person and you're making a, the conscious choice that i'm going to i'm going to stick it out through thick and thin you you get to make a choice and you get to own it. So I think that's that is the supreme value of of this philosophy, 
And it would be my encouragement to you as you go about finding the right spouse, go with an open mind um, and consider some of the things that you uh, that you want in a spouse. And then remember that like you, you get to make a choice in this matter. And that is really liberating. It means you can enjoy the dating process and you can still involve God in it as well. It's not like you just keep God to the wayside and his opinion doesn't matter. Um, but you guys get to do it together. And I think that's a, it's a really beautiful thing. Um, I want to mention one other thing sort of on this front, which is that when you are uh, dating, I think one thing that's really helpful is to have a list. Now, before you tune me out, because I know that pastors have sort of um, botched this whole concept over the years, just just hear me through. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, a lot of pastors suggest making a list of things that you want in your spouse. And, you know, God will grant the desires of your heart and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not against that at all, um, but I think your list needs two categories. One is a list of non-negotiables, and the other is a list of bonuses. So what are the non-negotiable things? What are the things that absolutely must be in place in your future spouse? It should not be a lot. It shouldn't be like more than five. Um, and then what are the things that, yeah, if, if they could do this, it would be great, and if not, it's okay. So for me, I had a few non-negotiables. One was um, that the person I married uh, had to love Jesus as much, if not more than me. That was that was number one. Um, that was a really important thing for me. Uh, number two uh, was that they they had to have a, a calling on their life that was going to uh, work in conjunction with mine. So I, I wasn't interested in being with somebody who wanted to uh, be a missionary in Africa because it just wasn't going to work with what I wanted to do with my life. So those are two of my non-negotiables. I, I had a third one, but I, I can't remember it now, which probably goes to show you just how important it really was. But I, I didn't have a lot. Um, I, I did not make it particularly specific or detailed. I had a few things. And if somebody met that criteria, I was at least willing to, to get to know them and go on a date. I had lots of bonuses as well. Like if they had an understanding of Indian culture, huge bonus. Uh, because there are lots of nuances that come with my cultural background that I'd love for them to understand. Uh, if they did music, it was a huge bonus. I, I used to do so much worship leading, and so people always thought that, oh, you must like want to get with another worship leader. And for me, I was like, I actually don't really care. But um, if they do, if they lead worship, then great. Um, and then uh, the other thing was just that travel, uh, enjoying travel. Now, if they didn't like travel, um, that wasn't the end of the world, but that was a more important one because... Um, I believe that travel is a part of sort of my calling in life and that I'll be doing lots of it, um, speaking and uh, that kind of stuff. And I, I already do a, a decent amount of it and I, I believe I'll be doing more. And so again, not a, not a uh, non-negotiable. If they didn't like that, um, that would be okay. Uh, but a huge bonus if they were open to it. And um, there were a bunch of other ones, but I mentioned those because those are the, some of the things that I got out of my wife, Shaloma. Um, she, she hit a bunch of these bonuses and it was really cool to see how God honored that. Um, but I led with my non-negotiable. So I think I think that can really go a long way. Um, now, I said I was going to go in two different directions. So that is direction one, okay? That's the first track, um, kind of the philosophy around the right spouse. And then if you are going to go about it that way, then, then have these two categories. Have some non-negotiables and then have a couple things that would be bonuses, but you're not going to get set on them. Uh, now, I would also say um, in, in your uh, bonus category should be your type. Okay, so if you have a type, if you have physical qualities that really uh, attract you in some uh, into somebody, um, 
I would be very, very cautious about making those non-negotiables. And uh, you're going to see why as we get into my the second direction of this episode. And that is what I like to call the three C's. And these are the three criteria that I would encourage any single person or any unmarried person to use when they are when they are evaluating somebody to be their spouse. Okay, you ready for the three C's? All right, they are character, calling, and compatibility. And th- they're in no particular order. I think they're all probably equally important. Character, calling, and compatibility. Let's go reverse actually of, of how I'm saying them. Let's start with compatibility. So compatibility is very simple. There's, there's just a, a basic question for each of these. Um, compatibility is, do we have fun together? Do we have fun together? That, that's it. Do we have fun together? Um, do we have enough things in common that we can, that we can spend time and get along and, and enjoy ourselves? Uh, do we have the kind of compatibility where it's like we, we take interest in the same things, we're passionate about similar things, or if we're not, we can at least appreciate each other's passions and interests. Is there some sort of compatibility? Uh, you, you need enough things to overlap for you to really connect on and relate on. And that, that is the main thing that compatibility is hinting on. It's, is there compatibility here in the relationship? Uh, another way to think about compatibility would be uh, like chemistry. Do we, do we have chemistry in the relationship? Um, and I think I'm, I'm realizing, I might have said chemistry earlier. My three C's, let me just clarify, make sure I got this right. Character, calling, and compatibility. I, I apologize if I said chemistry earlier, but I would equate chemistry with compatibility. So if, if you're compatible, it means you have some chemistry together. You, you have some, you have fun, you, you feel a spark. There's, there's something there. And it means that when you're not talking shop, when you're not working on something together, when you're not, um, you know, just doing all the practical, the nuts and bolts of relationship, you can just sit down and enjoy each other's company. So is there compatibility? Second one, calling. This is a really big one. Um, and, and I already talked about it, you know, with my wife and I even like having to just vet, uh, can you handle like if I was going to travel a little bit and my wife actually wants to travel as well. So the answer was yes. But, um, but calling, you know, I, I felt a call to ministry. So I, I wanted to help people in a spiritual way, but a really practical way as well. My wife loves worship leading. Uh, she likes short-term missions. So uh, our callings, um, I, would, I wouldn't say they were the exact same, but they certainly could support each other. And there, there was a way to make that work. So again, if you have callings that, that oppose each other, either directly in a very obvious way or maybe in, in more indirect ways, like, uh, like something geographical, like somebody feels really called to this particular region or they, they have to work in this particular area and you want to uh, travel around the world or whatever it might be. These are things that you have to work through. Do your calling, support each other. I'll be honest, there's very few callings that don't, but you do have to really vet this and these are conversations you have to have with the individual. Um, where do you see your life going? What are some of your goals? What, what do you feel like is your calling in life or what are some of the big passions, the things that really drive you? And if you, if you can start talking these things through, you're going to start to get an idea of how you can kind of merge your callings together or maybe they're at odds with each other and at that point, you need to have a more serious conversation about the future of your relationship. Lastly, character. And I think this is probably the most important thing uh, because you don't marry somebody's job. Um, you don't marry the amount of money they make or their possessions. 
now to some extent, you do marry their uh, family history, you marry their past, uh, you marry their personalities. Uh, all these things are true. But what you marry more than anything, and especially uh, in the, the grand scheme of things, when we're talking about time here, more than anything, you marry their character. You marry their character. So if, if you see um, something in their character, an inconsistency that you think could be problematic, you probably want to address it pretty early on in the relationship. And if it feels like there's not a resolution there or there's no kind of alignment, then you want to move very, very carefully, very cautiously. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, I guess, well, well, maybe I'll relate it back this way. So with compatibility, the question is, can we have fun together? With calling, the question is, can we do life together? Can, can, we, can we live our lives together harmoniously? And with chemistry, the question is, can I trust you? It, it, that, that's really what it boils down to um, with, with someone's characters. Can, can I trust you? Can I actually, can I just, can I trust you? Can I trust you to do the right thing when I'm not there? Um, can I trust you to, to make good decisions with my best interest in mind, with our family's best interest in mind? Um, are you reliable? Are you consistent? These are the things that you're, you're looking for and that you're kind of vetting in somebody else's character. And as the book of Proverbs says, that beauty will fade. Uh, money, or it says possessions, they form wings and fly away like eagles. All the external stuff, your type, this is why your type should not be a non-negotiable because the, the, the physical attributes of somebody will change with time. But, but the one thing, the one thing that is sure to stay consistent is their character. You marry somebody's character. And the most successful and healthiest relationships have an alignment of character. Their callings might be vastly different. They might be polar opposites and not be the most compatible people in the world. Those things are okay if they have character that matches each other. So I'm, I'm telling you, there's nothing more important than an individual's character. So those are the things you really want to look out for. Now, the, the last thing to, to wrap up this episode is if you are single, so this is especially if you're single and you're not even in a relationship yet, and you're hearing these three C's and you're thinking, okay, in my spouse, I want to find these three things. The most important thing, most important thing that you need to do right now is take care of those three C's in your own life. Take care of the three C's in your own life. So compatibility, you want to you want to know what are some of the qualities that I'm looking for? What are some of the things that are really important to me? I'm I'm a quality time person. So I needed somebody who could they didn't have to be quality time themselves themselves, but they they needed to be able to be willing to spend time with me, uh, to spend that undivided quality time together, just joking around, messing around, watching movies, doing whatever it might be, uh, quality time. Um, so comp compatibility, find, find out what are the things that are really important to you in that department. Calling, you got to have a clear idea of your calling. You don't have to have it all figured out. It doesn't have to be perfectly summarized in some you know one-line mission statement that you're going to put up on your wall, uh, but you just got to have an idea. And you're not, you're not committing to this for the rest of your life, but you just need to have an idea of like, what is, what is your calling in life? And that's such a scary question. There's a lot of pressure around calling and knowing what you want to do. I mean, I've changed my career path like four times and I'm 31. So uh, it, again, you don't have to commit to it, um, but have an idea because those are important things. 
And for a serious relationship, those are important parts of the discussion. And you want to make sure you have some clarity at least on what your calling in life is. And if you don't, then reach out, get get some help, uh, talk to some friends, talk to some leaders, ask them how did they discover their calling and maybe based on what they see in you, uh, what, what are some of the strengths? What are some things that they think might be uh, on your life? What are some of the things that you might be called to? And most importantly, guys, if you're single, and actually, if you're not single, okay, if you're in a relationship or you're married, the most important thing that you can work on today to improve your current marriage or your future marriage is developing your character. Nothing is more important than character development. So do everything you can, absolutely everything in your power to develop your character, to grow in integrity, to grow in humility, reliability, trustworthiness, um, become a person of character. Uh, there is nothing you can do to add more value to your relationship and the success of your connection with your spouse than increasing and enhancing your character. So don't just um, be a consumer about this. Don't just say, yeah, these are the things that I want and the person who's going to you know, come into my life and, and be the right person for me. Don't be a consumer about it, but instead become that person. Uh, work on your character, get some clarity on your calling, and have a good idea of, of what a compatible relationship looks like to you. And then pay attention to these things as you start to date and as you start to vet these people for a long-term relationship and a future together. So hey, thanks so much for listening. This is by no means a comprehensive explanation of the subject, but I wanted to give you some things to think about to at least get the ball rolling. If you have more questions, please write me in. My email is in the, uh, the episode notes, or you can just go to my website, find the contact form, you can write me there. We check these things regularly, so we take them really seriously and we want to answer the questions that are on your minds and hearts. So if you have more questions about this, please write in. Uh, Of all the things that people really will ask me that are not porn related, this is probably one of the most common ones. People want to know about picking the right spouse and making sure they're not outside of God's will and all that kind of stuff. So um, you now know where I stand on that and uh, and just the power of choice and really taking ownership. Uh, But I hope the other practical things of this help you lead your life and your future family, your future marriage one day, with integrity, and with confidence. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day, guys. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again, and see you next time.